Late Night Anger Management Class, Level 2. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabriel Morenci, the pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people that bust them, the trolls, and everybody else in between. Tony Finn on the clock. He'll be stepping up and in in a couple of minutes. Great conversation that we had with Steve. Love it. Uh, we're gonna, you know, we'll, we'll talk a little bit too. Tony Finn's an old school gambling guy himself. Well, obviously, uh, but uh, Tony Finn's from KC, and we've talked about it in the past. The gambling roots of America all come from the north, uh, from the Midwest. All right, Northeast uh, Midwest, and like Las Vegas, Las Vegas like wasn't built by people from Las Vegas. And Las Vegas wasn't built by the New York mob either. At the time, it was it was Kansas City, it was Cleveland, it was Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. It, the majority, the majority of the old school legendary sports gamblers, like I'm talking about guys that open casinos, uh, guys that um, you know set point spreads, sports book directors, bookies, like the legends, the vaqueros of the world. The, the number one place in the world, Pittsburgh. 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 I swear to God, that's where, like, that's where all the badasses come from, like the original old school dudes and stuff like that. The Kansas City mob and Chicago and stuff, the Midwest guys funded Vegas, but the guys that like, they brought in to set the numbers and everything, they're all from Pittsburgh. They're from Youngstown, Ohio. They're from like these Rust Belt, Midwest-type uh, tough towns. The people grew up betting like at the local pool uh, halls. That's the legend of uh, of gaming. I'm fascinated by the legend uh, of game, the, the the history of gaming. I loved it living in Vegas. I used to soak up the history. Like I used to lo just love that aspect uh, of it all the time. Couldn't get enough of it actually. And you know, people don't really realize it, but you know, people used to bet on NFL football. It wasn't like massive horse racing and boxing used to be the biggest things to bet on in the 40s and 50s. Right, like the NFL wasn't like the behemoth that it is now, right? But point spreads kind of like help things, and you know, point spreads help build the NFL. And point spreads were invented by the mob and by odds makers hired by the mob, right? In the early '60s, that's that's when like point spreads. As far as like and totals, people don't realize totals didn't even exist. And totals, totals last Tony Finn. I don't think totals started until about 1980 or so. Little gambling history. Now let's try to pick some damn winners. <laughs> Easier to talk about the past than pick winners. Late night anger management class continues. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Rage it up. Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Rage all you want. Don't ruin your appetites. I'm buying lunch for everybody on me. Oh, what's the occasion? I'm rich. I won my bets on the Rose Bowl, the Sugar Bowl, the Cotton Bowl, and I chunked it all on a hockey game, and I won that. Hey, all right, all right. How much did you win? 116 bucks. What a windfall. Yeah. Yeah, I still feel tingly. Late night anger management class, level two. I am Marenzi. We asked people uh, a couple of minutes ago, who's the most famous person or 
doesn't mean like I'm asking, oh, who's the most famous person you met, but that you drank with, that you sat down, not that you met in a bar, that you, you were like, I can't believe that I just got drunk and I just, you know, had a drinking session with this person, right? And we're getting some good ones right now. Uh, Sooner Lisa says she got smashed with Barry Switzer, which is real cool. That's that's real cool. Uh, Darren uh, Darren McCarty, uh, hockey player. William Sands, yeah, Darren McCarty, badass. Uh, Detroit Red Wings, hockey players can drink. Uh, as I stated, my I've drank with a lot of people. I'm not just saying, you know, I'm not saying to show up. Just saying I have drank with a lot of famous people. But the one I'm proud of, I'm sure Tony Finn will appreciate this. It's just sort of a manly thing. It's like saying you hung out with John Wayne or something like that. And not only that is, don't tell him, but we outlasted him. Me and Cam outlasted the coach, although he was he, he was older, and it was hot as hell, okay? It was hot as hell. But Tony Finn, I'm just telling a story about how I'm very proud, like, in my life, out of all the stories that I have, that I got drunk with uh, Mike Ditka once. Not just for, like, 20 minutes. Like Very good. I said... Yeah, yeah, I hung out with Mike Ditka, me, Cam, Mike Ditka, like four dudes from Texas and a couple of other dudes. There was like eight, nine of us golfing and drinking. We got hammered. So, yeah, like all day type thing from like one in the afternoon till about 11 at night. And then Ditka tapped out. We went on. <laughs> Pretty cool, Tony. Uh, you've been nice. around, Tony. What nice. about you? Like, is there a cool old school football player, bookie? It could be anybody. Like, well, it doesn't have to be Whitney Houston, you know what I'm saying? But what's your best drinking story that you drank with someone? Well, it, that would be, that's interesting, because I've, probably not as many as you, I've drank with a lot of uh, uh, players, a lot of some coaches. I played with some players, and um, one, of my, one of my friends who played for the, for Seattle and Green Bay, just passed of a brain tumor. Um, and I, people may remember, may not, Bucky Scribner, who was an All-American at, uh, in junior college and wanted to play for the Kansas Jayhawks, was an All-American. Then he made All-Pro. Yep. He, was, he was the first punter, Gabe, to, to hold out. And Forrest <laughs> Gregg blackballed him. He had to sit out of the league for a couple of years before Seattle would take him on. But that was old-school football back then. I'm 61. He would be 61 today if he were or, if he was still with us, but, and he was, we didn't just drink together. We went to high school together. And, um, so how about Aaron Brockovich? I, I oh. live next door to Aaron Brockovich. She's kind of famous. Wow. And, uh, wow. we, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we spent all our summers together. She hung out at the house. Uh, um, no kidding. Steve Jill, so if you listen, ever get in legal, uh, yeah, you no ever get in legal uh, trouble, yeah. you got a lawyer. You got a lawyer. If you ever got in legal trouble, well, Aaron yeah, Brockovich, yeah, yeah, legal. <laughs> Uh, and as long as if it's probably if I have like if I dirty someone's water, she's the perfect person to do that, I guess. Uh, but uh, <laughs> how about uh, yeah? How about uh, how about Marcus Allen? I have wow, uh, drank yeah, with yeah, Marcus yeah. Allen. Yeah. You know what? I yeah. drank with Marcus Allen's brother Damon, great quarterback Damon yeah. Allen. I've drank yes. with his brother before. But people ask me who's the most famous person you met. Like one of the coolest things I've had breakfast with Wayne Gretzky. But, you know, my uncle played on the same hockey team with him. So I met Gretzky, if you, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I wasn't, and it's a hockey guy, but I had breakfast with Wayne Gretzky before. I partied with Metallica a couple of times, but I, you know, I really partied with Kirk Hammond and Cliff Burton uh, when I was a kid. I'd have to say, though, like, probably Bill Cosby. I met, I, I had Bill Cosby oh. on my show. And face-to-face, -face, I met him. Like, it was an interview face-to-face. -face. And I met, so Bill Cosby, he's pretty famous. 
Spice Girls, famous. I met Mick Jagger. That's pretty big. Mick yeah. Jagger's big. That's pretty big, Mick Jagger. I've been to Mick Jagger's last concert ever. I went to his last concert ever, 1979, at Sun Devil Stadium. The, that's what he said. This is our last concert ever, guys, 1979. Um, I think he's had about twice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let me ask you. Let me ask you. We were talking yeah. about the history of uh, gaming. Um, we were talking about point spreads, and you're from Kansas City. I was just telling guys, tuning in, ladies tuning into the show, that, you know, it wasn't Vegas. It was all from the Midwest. Youngstown, Ohio, Pittsburgh, Vaqueros, and all these guys from Pittsburgh and Youngstown, Ohio, and Kansas City. So I know you know the history of gaming. Um, and I was telling guys, like, when were totals invented, Tony? Like, 1980 or so, right? Like, totals? Like, there wasn't well, over I, I, I don't know the exact date. Yeah. I don't know the exact date of the totals. I do know, you know, the advent of the point spread, which was, you know, it it is. You're right. It was transformed right here in the United States, 20th century, in the 40s, 50s. Um, by uh, I think it was Darby. I think it was um, Carl Ursine and Darby Hicks. I think those are the names. Uh, they claim they made the claim, and they they basically. I think Charles K. McNeil was the real the, the main main guy. And it was in the 40s. They just decided to make a, a career pivot, and they became bookmakers in Chicago. And a math McNeil was a math guy, and the point spread made sense so they didn't have to lay money lines on so people they were having yeah, a problem yeah. getting people get down on a minus three 400 money line exactly. on a game so they that's what happens yeah like in the old days that's why i told people like guys in the 30s and 40s ho horse racing was king the triple crown and horse racing and betting going yes. to the track that was the big thing you didn't have to go to the track you go to your local corner shop or whatever right but boxing boxing but as as you just stated for football, it didn't translate, right? There was like, I don't, I don't want to lay right, minus right. 500 on the New York Giants at the time. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and, and, and another thing is, guys, right. you got to understand, too, people don't realize, Tony, the NFL wasn't popular. Like, it, it wasn't like in 1940, the no. NFL, guys, the Super Bowl won, like, was half empty. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, the NFL didn't yes. turn into the NFL until the late 70s. The Dallas Cowboys, I think. The Pittsburgh Steelers, Mean Joe Green on TV. Dallas Cowboys, America's team, the cheerleaders, and it sort of grew in. Then the 49ers, right? College football, same thing. You know, Tony, you know, you're a little older than me, and we're both old. So, you know, like, same thing. I saw a great documentary on college football, and Keith Jackson, who did, you know, the voice of this stuff, you know, whoa, Nelly. Sure. And, of course, he was the first Monday Night Football yeah. voice. He knows the history of football better than anyone. May he rest in peace. And Keith Jackson said... Yeah. He goes, really, the turning point of college football was like the early 80s. He goes, it was always a niche regional thing, but that era. Yeah. And that's when I was a kid, and that's why I'm getting goosebumps now, Tony. I was 10 and 11 and 12 years old in that era, nine years old. Hugh Green, Pittsburgh Panthers. Dan Marino, Pittsburgh yeah. Panthers. Uh, Herschel Walker, Georgia Bulldogs. All the great, like, uh, Oklahoma backs and the quarterbacks and the Sims of the world. And, you know, the cutout, remember everyone had the beard, like everyone's stomach showed and the tearaway jerseys and, you know, Tom Osborne yeah. and Nebraska <laughs> and, and that, right? Yeah. That's, and, and, and really, from Oklahoma, Bosworth. Bosworth. Bosworth and Switzer. Absolutely. Put it on the map. Listen, and then Miami, Florida took it to a new idea. level. Yeah, and then Miami, Florida, Jimmy yeah. Johnson took it to a new level. Yeah. 
Yeah. It, you know, Thanksgiving, I, as you just mentioned it, Keith Jackson, um, there was Thanksgiving was not Thanksgiving without Keith Jackson doing the Nebraska-Oklahoma game with, like you said, Osborne and Switzer. Uh, that was in my household. If that if that game wasn't on and there wasn't turkey and stuffing, it wasn't Thanksgiving. And Keith Jackson in the background, it was not Thanksgiving. That's my guy, man. And you know what? I'm getting goosebumps. I'm gonna yeah. start crying almost. But growing up watching Michigan football, you know, did the games Greasy, yeah. Bob Greasy, and Keith Jackson. Yeah. To me, that was like yeah. that was like man, it's a big game when Greasy and Jackson are here. Right? Greasy quarterback well, of the undefeated Miami Dolphins, too, right? Like, just a stud. Yes. And yeah. just what, what a <laughs> if game. There, Greasy if there was an Keith important Jackson. game, Gabe, if there was an important game, Keith Jackson was doing it. Oh, yeah, yeah. He did baseball, too. Yeah. Baseball. Keith Jackson. Yes, great. Everything. One of the greatest of all time. And you know what? Oklahoma Sooner, Keith Jackson, the tight end, was pretty good, too. Badass. <laughs> he was all right, pretty good. All right, let's get to the picks on he the other was. side. And let's roll. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're listening to Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Do you have a gambling problem? No, I enjoy it. It's a hobby. I'm just telling people in the chat during the break that uh, I partied with Splash once. That's why I got to write this book of mine uh, before I forget these stories. Because now I'm like, oh, yeah, I partied with Slash. That's pretty cool. Like, to a lot of people, you'd be like, what? You met Slash? The cool, like I said, I've gotten wasted with Lemmy a Motorhead many times. Uh, Megadeth. When I was uh, 16 years old, Megadeth asked me to be a guitar roadie and go on tour with them. Um, Megadeth. I've seen a Spice Girl naked as well. A Spice Girl once took her clothes off three feet in front of me, standing right there. She unrobed in front of me. If you're wondering, no, I did not have sex with her. And the reason that she did it, because she's a lesbian. <laughs> and she didn't care. <laughs> so out of all, that's my luck, Tony. Out of all the Spice Girls that get naked in front of me, it's the one that likes women. And she's probably smart to do so. Well. So do I. So, so yeah, I'm Spooty a, Spice. I'm a, a full-fledged card-carrying lesbian. I am a, I, that's me. <laughs> yeah, I'm pro, exactly, Tony. <laughs> I better change the subject here. All right, Tony Finn, uh, you, you didn't have to jump in, Tony. I would have got back to the game here, but thank you. Oh, I, I had to. Thank, I didn't have you. to, but I, I, okay. Yeah, yeah, thank, thank, thank you. Um, yeah, yeah, she's very nice, very cool. <laughs> very cool, Sporty Spice, real cool chick. Um, so, anyways, I used to have a job. A real cool job. I used to work backstage. I used to work backstage in the music business. And, like, my job literally was to just sit. Like, I was security, but I wasn't security, like, like fighting how to block security. I'd be the dude, like, sitting in a chair in the dressing room. <laughs> like, sort of be security outside. And that was my job because my buddy was in charge of assigning people things. And he goes, you're good talking to people and stuff. So he goes, you're perfect for this. 
And I had other dudes that were bigger. My buddies, like all of us, would like, you know, we were like our whole house did every show. And like, you know, everyone had their thing. Some guys would lift the amps. And my deal was like socializers. I was like, I'd hang out backstage uh, with every band. It was pretty cool. Like, trust me, I got a lot of stories. <laughs> like, like, I, like literally, so I'm sitting there like backstage with, uh, with the Spice Girl. She went solo. She did a solo tour when they were big. And I'm sitting there. And um, she's, like, blazing away, man. Like, she's smoking, like, weed all night and stuff. And so, basically, she she looks over. She goes, all right, anyone here? She goes, I don't mind whatever you do, huh? She goes, you guys can do what you want. In other words, like, yeah, light up, do whatever you guys want to do. Um, and everyone, because we were all, like, people are like, listen, she's into Spice Girls. Don't mess with her. Don't, like, look at her. Don't whatever. She comes in, ultra cool lady, ultra super cool and uh, like, it's just super nice. Like I said, like, uh, funny. Like, you you never know the perception of reality of people. Like, you think, oh, she's gonna be an attitude diva and stuff. She's in a Spice Girls, but super, super cool girl. Uh, so, all right, Tony, let's get to uh, BYU and Coastal Carolina. I've been asking a lot of guests this about this game. I ask you about this game. Who do you like in this game? In this game, I. The fact that it should tell you a lot. The Lions should tell you something if you're not familiar with either one of these teams. If you're not familiar with Coastal, that would be the team you probably wouldn't be familiar with. BYU has uh, the, the their the you know the knock against BYU right now is that they haven't played the schedule that you know, uh, that you know the SEC or the ACC has played, and they weren't. Uh, they were. I think they were a distant with seven or eight in the. In the Final Four, you know, in the standings per se last week. I'm not certain, but this game is, to some in some way, fashion, or form, to pacify those uh, mid mid major fans and freaks and, and uh, uh, advocates that that they needed to be that they need to be in somehow some way more involved in that process from the selection committee in NCAA and who is the Final Four. Uh, and I think Gabe, you would probably agree with this at least. Right now in our orbit, uh, unless you're a Power Five school or uh, maybe yeah. from the AAC or, or that that level of uh, college football, you're not going to be invited until they expand this, until they expand the bracket. Thanks, to Tony. Eight. Thank you. Thank you for bringing this up because I said the same damn thing earlier in the weekend. We need like an NIT. We need a separate. Yeah. You need because it, it's not even the Power Five. It's not even the Power Five. It's the Power Two. Right. It's the SEC and the Big Ten. It's the Big Ten champion is automatically in, no questions asked. It's the SEC, two teams in, and then everyone else has to prove themselves to those two. You know what I mean? And and it's tiresome. And it's not that it's boring, Alabama the best team, but give other teams a chance. And I'm not even saying, oh, go to 16 teams and stuff, but it bothers me as well, Tony, because every other team, it doesn't matter what you do. BYU wins this game tomorrow. Everyone's going to yawn. The committee's going to yawn, right? And I guarantee you, Tony, how about this? What do you think happens? If BYU, if Ohio, let's say Ohio State and Michigan don't play next week, and BYU tells Ohio State, you know what? We'll play you guys. We'll come to Columbus. We'll play you guys. I bet you Ohio State would weasel out of it. They wouldn't even do it. Right? And everyone, like, pins on BYU not want to play with people. Yeah. You're right. No, I, I would agree with that. 
I don't think anybody – listen, anybody that wants to save Alabama and, and Nick Saban, Hello? who everything's fairly nonchalant to, and it, every, it, it, there's nothing going to excite Nick too much or disappoint Nick sure too does. much. He's seen everything. And maybe even, you know, maybe even uh, the Clemson crew. But most are going to avoid BYU because you better believe that, that they're going to bring it. And this is a team that can run the football. They, listen, they may be – you may think they're an offensive team. They put up some numbers this year. However, my numbers, my underlying peripherals say that they're almost damn good, uh, as damn good defensively, and they're a dangerous team. Yes, uh, yes. You know, let's let's call. I guess we could get, we could bring back uh, Steve Young, have him fill in the quarterback. Maybe that might interest Jim me. Jim McMahon. Maybe. Steve I'm Young. I'm more of a Jim McMahon. Guy. Yeah, MJ. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I love Steve Young. Yeah, Steve Young's yeah. great quarterback. Steve Young's a great analyst too. Such a smart guy, huh, Steve Young? Yeah. Steve Young's one guy is, that I can listen, just talk to. Like, he's a man that I can sit down and just say, tell me some stories, Steve Young. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like, Steve Young, what a legend. He doesn't get the credit he deserves for great players. Like, if they, I'm glad you bring him up. Just going to say, like, in the grand scheme, we talk about all these great quarterbacks all the time. Like, where's Steve Young's name? Like, what a great player Steve Young was. And, you know, he, he had to deal with Montana. And then he leaves, and then all that pressure, and he wins his own Super Bowl, Tony. You know what I mean? Wins yeah. his own Super Bowl. And then it was like that validated Steve, Steve Young. Yeah, and you're you're absolutely right. I think Steve, I think I saw him the other day carrying Joe Montana's cape as they were walking down the street. <laughs> hey, well, yeah, settle down, Mr. <laughs> Casey. And I love, hey, listen, I love me some Joe Montana, too, all right? I love to, yeah. that's, that's the yeah. guy, Joe Montana. And, you know, Tom Brady's clutch, but Joe to me is better. Uh, it's a debate, whatever. It's a, it was just a little different. There's something about Joe Montana, like the comebacks. Yeah. And, you know, it, part of it is Belichick. I don't know. There's just something, you know, it's, we, I don't want to even get into that uh, right now. But I'm just saying, one thing about Steve Young, too. Steve Young has been asked, like, a bunch of times by ESPN to do Monday Night Football. And he refuses. Mm -hmm. He won't do it. He's willing to, like, show up, like, an hour before and sit on the podium on the field on the sideline. But basically, he says that if I'm going to do something like that, that's a full-time... Like, Steve Young's intense. He's like, I, I, that's a full-time yeah. commitment doing, like, broadcasting one game. It is. Like, people think they just show up, guys. You don't realize that. The play-by-play -play guys yeah. and the analysis guy, they show up on Thursday for a Sunday or a Monday game. And there's production meetings. They meet with the coaches. They meet with the players. That's how they get the stories, right? When Tony Romo says, I was talking with Jason Garrett. What, what do you think he yep. was, right? They're going to lunch with Garrett. It's all planned. And, like, there's a meet. There's schedules and stuff. And it's very militant. All right. At, you know, it's a seven-minute mark in the third quarter. We're going to do a little mini feature on Zeke Elliott. And you guys talk about when you talk with him. And, like, it's basically that's, you know, there's a lot to it behind the scenes. But I'm just saying I love Steve Young. And he'd be, he'd be so good as an analyst on Monday Night Football. but he, And he's a lawyer, too, right? So he doesn't have time. Smart guy. Great guy. BYU quarterback. I like BYU when he over here, Tony. I think BYU wins like 48 to 21 or something. 40. Yeah, I think they kill him. I would. If, it, yeah. Yeah, if I'm in this game, if I'm in that room, and I'm not in that room, if I am, then it's, it is BYU minus the double digits there uh, or nothing for me. Absolutely. And... Uh, Coastal Carolina has a, you know, they're undefeated. They, but there's, if, if you're going to question BYU schedule, then listen, who's Coastal Carolina? Be well, they opened up, beat Les Miles, Kansas. but 
Les Miles wasn't coaching LSU. He was coaching Kansas <laughs> University. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> and, and I think everyone had COVID at that point in time. So, so they haven't played. Any, but give them credit. Give them credit. They haven't been. They haven't been. A, uh, they haven't been a Division One or FBS school since uh, only in 2017 did they join. So. You know, kudos to them, where they're at yes, and what sir. they've done. Yeah, right. um, they deserve that part of it, and they probably deserve some recognition. And that's all. I think that's all they're asking for. And, and they're going to get some. They're going to be the, you know, they're going to be the the uh, the, the talk of Saturday. You, you, I can promise you that. Normally, you know, Tony. Normally, I spend the first hour of the show on college with Steve. Just the way it works out, we get an NFL with you. But the college card is just more fun this week than the NFL card. A lot of, you know, the NFL card's kind of a drab. There's a couple of cool games. But I do want to get to some NFL with you. So before we do, though, we've yep. got a couple of minutes or so in this segment. Oh, only 30 seconds already. In 30 seconds, any, uh, we'll save it for the other side, 30 seconds. I always put my guests in bad spots. In <laughs> <laughs> 10 seconds. That's all right. Some of, you got, some of you are good at it. And I don't know with you, Tony. I've never done it with you, actually. Some guys, like, I could, you know, they know. It's like, all right, I got 10 seconds. And they're like, yeah, I like the Chargers this yeah. week. And that's it. And then you get the Ian Cameron, the yep. Banos of the world that talk through the commercial breaks. God bless them. Late night anger management yep. class. Well, that'd be Ooh, Tony Finn, too. I've been guilty of that. <laughs> Late night anger management uh, yeah, class. They, I, I, yeah. I am Renzi. All right, settle down, Tony. Bring it. I'm good. I got SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Rage it up. Sports Rage with Gabe Morency. Rage all you want. I'm a rageaholic. <laughs> I just can't live without rage a hole. <laughs> Shut up the crash in Los Angeles. Our boy Crash, Nate from Pittsburgh, actually kicking it in LA. Great guy. Um, we'll open up the pipelines later, actually, if uh, people want to check in. But uh, Crash, Crash is a um Crash was a studio runner, Tony. He works in the, in, the, in, the, in the film industry. And he's talking about being a studio right. runner in the old days with the money. And we did that as well. We did that as well in the music business. And dear God, like, trust me, that's a gold mine <laughs> as well. So basically, like, Lip Biscuit gives you $2,000 to go buy, like, uh, frosted, uh, you know, Fruit Loops and Frosted Flicks and stuff like that. Right? So you try to, like, you go around town. Try to get the cheapest deal. I'll tell you guys a quick, great story. You know Ronnie James Dio, the great singer. What a great vocalist, Ronnie James Dio. Uh, Black Sabbath, Dio, Rainbow. Just a rainbow in the dark. Stand up and shout. Uh, we're the last in line. Uh, how about that? There's a quick karaoke. Of, I can do like 10 songs in a row, Dio. Love Ronnie. I love Ronnie James Dio. So um, I'm doing a show. I'm working a show. It's Ronnie James Dio, and our job is our job is to go get Ronnie James Dio the food, all right? Like his rider. And a rider is basically, you know, what they want to eat backstage. So, like, the band will send a list in advance. 
So it'll say, you know, all right, we want chicken wings or we like pizza or, you know, you get bigger bands, they want real food and stuff. But, you know, low metal bands, most, most, most for the most part, is pretty standard. Once in a while, you'll get weird people. Marilyn Manson was a nut job and stuff. Like, uh, once you get, you get weird people. But Roddy James Dio, he could not have been a nicer guy, all right? Big golf ad, too, Tony. He could not have been a nicer guy. And the guy, he used to be in a band called Elf, right? That was his first band, because he's small. Like, the guy's like, you know, 4'9", or like 5 feet. He's a really small guy. And he's a small little man, and a big, big voice, like an opera singer, right? And such a nice man. Like, and he had a reputation of being kind of hard to work with, with bands and all that. So we met him, and I'm like, oh, my God, man. God, this is one of the nicest guys we ever met. Ronnie James Dio had one, and the guy's a big rock star. He's like a legend. He had one provision, Tony, okay? <laughs> He's like, it was very standard stuff, guys. It was like, you know, eight bags of Doritos, eight bags of like, you know, eight bags of all flavors of Doritos. Um, um, you know, 16 boxes, 16 packs of Chips Ahoy, Oreos, etc. And and then, and then, you know, it goes on, and then it's just, it's very funny. So it's like, we're looking at it, we're like, man, this guy's like, not like, <laughs> we're like, this guy's not a diva at all. Like, we're looking at his, like, his request, and it gets the peanut butter. <laughs> and he's like, four loaves of bread, four loaves of bread, four jars of peanut butter. And then in big caps, it says, must be craft, jiffy, skippy, <laughs> like, and it had like a list and not even specific. It was like, must be like a list of names. And then it was in capitals, no generic anything. And then so lo and behold, we're in the grocery store with my buddy and my buddy throws the generic peanut butter in the basket. And I tell the guy, listen, Ronnie J. Dio was very specific. He does not want generic peanut butter. And my buddy's like, well, I don't give an F what he wants. He goes, this peanut butter's a buck ninety-nine, and the other one's six ninety-nine. And he was pocketing the difference. So he goes, I don't care what he wants. He goes, he won't know the difference. And he goes, oh, we're gonna take the label off, and he goes, we're gonna put it there. And I said, don't you think that Ronnie James Dio is smart enough that if you take the label off, he'll know the difference? <laughs> and me and my buddy Tony. Nearly got into a fist fight in a grocery store over Ronnie James Dio's peanut butter. And I got to the point, I was like, listen, I'll buy the damn peanut butter, all right? I was like, I'm buying the peanut butter. And when Ronnie James Dio comes in, I'm like, I got your peanut butter, Ronnie, and I'm giving my buddy a dirty look. I'm like, you son of a bitch. You know, you want to rip off other bands, go ahead, but you don't mess with Ronnie James Dio. Tony Finn kicking it with us uh, right now. So, yeah, I say yeah. BYU 48, 48, Coastal Carolina in the 20s. I think the game goes over. Um, I like that. I like K-State plus the points against Texas. And I like the mm -hmm. under in that game. Those are my best bets in college. And I'm kicking the tires on West Virginia. What do you got in college for me, Tony, before we hit the NFL? Okay, quickly, I'll give you my two best, too. I, listen, I think that... Let's give let's give Texas A&M a pass, Monk, a pass at quarterback last week. They hadn't played in a while. I really like this team. Uh, to I don't like the fact that they're laying that six and a half or the six. I think it's come back a little bit, but I liked it. Well, I, I like A&M, the Aggies. Yeah, I like the Aggies over 
uh, over the Tigers of Auburn. Uh, and I really, there's a couple of teams. I'll briefly, Oklahoma is going yep. to put a, put a whipping on Baylor. They, they've dominated Baylor the whole time Baylor's been in the, in the Big 12 since they've joined. And Oklahoma's Baylor played really ball. well since they've yeah. lost to Tech. Yeah. Yeah, and and final, I think I think you're going to see the same Clemson team that scored 30, 31 points uh, in the first quarter last week against a pretty good pit defense, guys. Uh, and VT is a little bit overrated. They can score some, not as many as they can. They they can't keep pace with uh, Clemson. I'm thinking Clemson's in the high 50s, 60s, and Texas VT uh, wow. scores a a little bit uh, a little bit short of uh, 25. So they cover, and again, it's time to impress this committee. The, Clemson still has a little chip on the shoulder from that Florida State incident, and they showed a little bit of that last week. And they still, you know, they got a loss. They want to impress. It's time, It's uh, it's dabble time. I love where you're going with that, Tony, and they want to dial it up. They're, they haven't played their peak football. Lawrence has been out, and, you know, they yes. want to dial it up yep. and get ready because they have big games coming up. Great call. I One last college game because I want to punish these guys because they're so freaking good. Um, Alabama. Man, this football team's yeah. good. I think Alabama's the play. I, I, and I'm not talking about tomorrow, but I'm talking about winning the title. As good as Trevor Lawrence is, Bama's a better complete football team. God, they're good. And they don't even have, uh, what's yeah. his name, Waddle. Uh, the, the kid is out even. Man, they're no. good. Like, man, Saban's just, he's the best college coach ever. He just is. Um, but Alabama, like yeah. 29 and a half to LSU. I was telling the story earlier. You remember today's, Tony, when these games were 6-3 and kickers were missing kicks and games were a pick and all yeah. that. And and they would rotate. Whoever played at home would win the game with a low-scoring game. Here we are, one year removed from LSU being champions. Man, life comes at yes. you fast. Alabama, 29-and-a-half-point favorites. Yes. You know, well, and now, this is not a very good analogy or comparison, probably, but it wasn't very long ago, a little over a year, New England was going and thinking into Miami, or Miami was in New England, and New England's a 20-point favorite. In that game, if you remember last year, that, that Miami and Washington were kind of fighting it out for the bottom of the NFL barrel. And now, this week, 11 double-digit favorites over the Jets. Amazing how quickly things turn. No, you're exactly right, Tony. All right, so perfect segue um, into, into the National Football League. And you know it's crazy? Somebody asked uh-huh. me about the Jets earlier in the week, and I know, oh, God, I did the week this week in the NFL, Tony, I know. I'm a big degenerate that normally has, like, 18 bets with all my props, Tony. I don't like anything yeah. this week in the NFL. <laughs> like, like, every game, I'm like, I don't like that. I don't like this. And, and I'm a degenerate. Like I said, like, I'm like, oh, you know what I mean? No, I don't. Uh, yeah. Share what I like uh, with you here. There's a couple, couple games, but you speaking of the Jets, and I never thought I'd say these words because I was mocking Joe Flacco's sorry ass earlier this year. I'd like the right. Jets plus the points if Joe Flacco was the quarterback and not Sam Darnold. Joe Flacco can throw the ball. Right. He's not mobile, but if you protect him, he's upright. He can throw the ball down the field. Sam Darnold sucks. All right, he's probably going to be the Bears quarterback next year because the Jets are going to get him. Uh, you're in Vegas, so we'll ask you about this game right now. Do the Raiders bounce back, but they got this COVID stuff. Gruden's not coaching the game. What do you make of this? This, this, is, not, this is not a good situation for the Raiders. L- listen. And it, everybody loves the room, Raiders, Tony. And everyone talks yes, about, oh, it's a yes. bounce back after last week, blah, blah, blah. Sorry, go on. But right. I think the Jets are like yeah. might be the play, but go on. Well, well, first off, let's make this clear. They, they ruled out their running back that who's key 
to their offense yeah. being able to throw the ball downfield. Uh, he's he's out. And you're absolutely right. First off, the this isn't college football. These are professionals. And while I'll buy the bounce back in college, I'll buy the sandwich game, uh, the look pass game. These are professional football players. They listen. They're the same last week as they were. They're either going to get better. Or you're going to get worse. They rarely stay the same because they're they're working harder. They're not working hard, and and bounce backs are, are in my that's a, that's a myth. That's a, they write a book about that book book about that game mythology yeah, yeah, yeah. NFL mythology. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, I'm, I'm, I think it's the best spot. Best spot for Raiders. I can't. I'm not laying the number. And hell, the Jets are due to win a game. You want to play do? We'll play we'll play the do card too. You know. Yeah, well, the Jets suck. Well, but due. you know this, Tony. Yeah. You know this as well. Yep. That playing winless teams at this time of the year getting points is ultra yep. profitable. Yep. Ultra profitable. Yes. It's always profitable to pick the winner of both the game and the handicap. It's absolutely profitable. And, and it, this is playoff time. First off, there are teams that are trying, and and, and especially this year, Gabe, come on, this is COVID. There are teams who are absolutely trying. They're giving their heart, their soul, their blood, their firstborn. And then there are teams just trying to get to the tea. They got a tea time already, you know. This might for, be the one, Tony. They're, they're right. No, no, but this yeah. might be the one. Like, Adam Gase is getting fired anyways. He's not, t- not going to oh. be there with Trevor Lawrence. He knows that. No. So he's not yep. trying to lose for the organization. He doesn't want the nope. stench of being winless. It's crazy. I know only one game, but and I'm telling you, Tony, I get the feeling the wheels are falling off for the Raiders here. I see it's eight at FanDuel right now. It's way too high. I'm telling you, and I, dude, I really think Sam Darnold blows, all right? <laughs> like, I really do. I don't like the guy. Yeah. I don't I don't think he's a bad kid. I got no beef with him, but I don't think he's a good quarterback. And I'd rather have Joe Flacco. But yeah. I got to take the eight points here. And as crazy as it sounds, because like you said, I love the contrarian stuff. No one's running to the window to say, give me Jets on the money line. Give me the Jets on the money line. Plus 300. Raiders yeah. lost here last year, too. They went there last year and lost, all right? I think they lose. I mean, they're going to lose. The Jets are going to cover or lose a – the Jets are going to win outright or they're going to lose a heartbreaker. Raiders, West Coast team going in here early in the day, MetLife, I've lived there, guys. It's it's weird and spooky and stuff. Weird things happen there. You know, the Jets aren't going to roll over. The player, the Jets' owners would like to lose, but the players know they're not going to be on the team or they're going to get replaced by draft picks. So players never quit. It's yeah. the team that quit. It's the the, the owners uh, that quit. I I'm, you know, call me crazy. And Cam laughed too because no. you know I said it earlier in the day. I said, man, I like some bad teams this week. And he goes, you know what, Marenzi, you're gonna uh-huh. win. You know, Tony, these are my picks. And agree or disagree, and jump in here. Cleveland Browns plus five and a half. I don't trust Baker Mayfield, but I'm gonna bite the bullet and I'm gonna do it. I love the ground game. I don't trust the Titans laying five and a half. I like the Cleveland Browns. Initially, like a square, I was thinking, you know what? Matt Patricia's gone. They're going to get a bounce. Doesn't matter if Matt Patricia's gone. You know who else is gone? Kenny Galladay, Deshaun Hand. You know who else is gone? Like, they're all gone. Uh, Swift is gone. They're just not healthy enough. He doesn't have anyone to throw the football to. So I went from liking the Lions to liking the Bears. I like the Bears in this game. I like the Jets. Uh, Hang in here, Tony. Quick break on the other side. Uh, we'll get Tony's thoughts. Okay. Love the Rams this week, guys. Love the Rams. Rams get it done. 6-0 straight up last six against Arizona. 
five and one against the spread. Kyler Murray's banged up and beat up right now. More trades late night continues. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're listening to Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Got anger management class. All right, listen. Fanny shows go by fast, which means they're awesome. And Tony Finn's awesome. Check out his videos over at Wager Talk TV on uh, YouTube, wager, wagertalk.com, sportsmemo.com. Uh, and Tony's cool enough to hang around. We're going to keep Tony for a little bit longer into level three. We got Bobby Kern stepping up and in from Hawaii as well. We'll get to NFL picks. Uh, Mateus, uh, we wel- we'll welcome him to the fold. Yang's getting it done. Uh, in the pit right now as well. Um, so, uh, Tony, I was talking about these NFL games. I got, you know what? I just said I don't like the NFL card, but I do. I do like some games. And I also have another angle that I'm interested to see if you agree with here. But the games that I like, Chicago Bears. I was thinking about the Lions, but they're just too beat up. Stafford's got no one to throw the football to. And the Bears, they can beat the Lions, actually. And I don't hate Trubisky as much as everybody. I hate the play calling. Um, cousin Sal today was with us. Funny guy. I like Sal. Really nice guy. And uh, yeah. Sal says he's a Trubisky truther. He goes, I'm a Trubisky truther. He doesn't suck. He's good. Um, so I like I like the Bears. I like the Texans plus three. I like the Jets plus eight. I like the Rams minus three. And that's about it, actually. And the Browns. Sorry. So Browns plus five and a half. Bears minus three. Texans plus three. Jets plus eight, Rams minus three. What do you think of my picks, Tony? Well, I'm, I'm going to run through these real, real quickly, so I know we don't have much time. The Rams are the yeah, play we'll, here. You're on the, the Rams we'll or you're not. Yeah. Okay. Go okay. On, sorry, uh, the Rams are the play. Okay. Are you want me to go, or we wait until the other yeah, side? Go on, go on. Yeah, go on. Go, 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 yeah, go, go on. Okay. Kyler Murray's got a. Kyler Murray's injured. He's hurt. McVay, awful loss, one of the best coaches in ATS numbers in the league. Houston, nobody's playing better than Deshaun Watson. He just doesn't have anybody to throw the ball to. He's he's playing with the exception of Patrick Holmes. Look at his numbers. Fantastic. They don't have any receivers. It's a tough spot, but then he's hurt a little bit, too. Uh, New Orleans got some problems. We need to find out about their offensive line. You got Armstead and Pete both missed uh, you know Sunday's layup, and here we are. Tony Finn with us. You know what? You just made me think of something that the great Joe Ranieri said. God, I miss Joe Ranieri. We've got to get him on the show. All right, more with Tony Finn on the other side. we got a quick break. Remember, we got a new clock. Let's do this thing. <laughs> Bring it. <laughs> 